It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email back to the book broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Good morning and thank you once again for tuning in to Back to the Book. We're in 2 Kings chapter 5 this week, 2 Kings chapter 5, and we'll begin reading in verse 2. Um, We looked yesterday at um, Naaman, the picture of a sinner. Um, Today I want to look at Naaman's soul winner, Naaman's soul winner. We're looking at Naaman's journey, but I believe this is very, very important, especially to us as Christians today. Because the only way Naaman ever got helped was for a young girl to tell him, or to tell her mistress anyway, about the help that could be found. And that got to Naaman, and Naaman ended up getting the help that he needed. So we're looking at Naaman's soul winner today. But just in review, before we we go to that, yesterday we looked at Naaman as a picture of the sinner. And we looked at all the good things he had at the position that he had as the captain of the host of the the armies of, of Syria. We looked at uh, his wealth that he had. We looked at um, even the strength that he had. And we found that the power that he had, the money that he had, the, the good things he had done, none of it could fix his problem. None of it could save him from the leprosy that he had. And we looked how that leprosy pictures sin. It's a type of sin in the Bible and how that sin is incurable just like leprosy was. Sin is incurable and cannot be paid for. It cannot be um, beat by the good things we do or by how how strong we think we are or how able we think we are to find a way to heaven. We can't buy enough from, we can't support enough missionaries or give enough money to charity to get ourselves to heaven. And we looked at quickly that it's through Jesus Christ alone, and we'll continue looking at that through this week. But I want to look t- today on Naaman's soul winner, how that he found out that there was a man or a prophet in Israel, the prophet of the Lord. So really, we're looking at the prophet even as somewhat of a type of God, but how he found there was hope in Israel for his problem. So let's go ahead and begin reading in Chapter 5 and verse 2. It says, And the Syrians had gone out by companies, and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus saith the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, and six thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of raiment. I want to look at Naaman's soul winner, this little girl. A little girl that we would say there's no way that God could use her in the way that he did. There's no way she had any influence whatsoever on him. And you know, if we look at at her through human eyes, we would say she's been through some rough times. She's been 
Her home's been raided. She's been kidnapped from her parents, taken away to be a slave in another country. Now she's serving in the midst of people that she doesn't know. She's in a land that she's not familiar with. They serve a God that she does not serve. All these things really are going against her. She would have, we would say, every right to be bitter and angry at her captors, looking for a way of escape. She ought to hate them with a passion, and she ought to be despising them, trying to do everything she can to harm them. I mean, that's what we would think would happen when somebody's kidnapped her. But we find this girl, while she had been through rough times, she didn't let it be an excuse for her to treat others wrong. But rather, she did what any Christian ought to do. I believe there's some things that we ought to learn, that we ought to copy, in a sense, from this girl. She might have been a little girl, but she acted better than a lot of Christians do in some ways, sadly. You see, Naaman would have never gotten the help that he needed, the cure from his leprosy. He would have never gotten saved. I believe he did get saved. He would have never gotten saved had it not been... For this little nobody, if I can say that, that was willing and able to tell him of a big somebody that could heal him. But here's a few things I think we can take as application. She was in the world, but not of it. You say, what do you mean? I, I, I say this girl was separated. You see, she had been in Israel serving the Lord Jehovah God, and then she was forcibly taken away and brought to a country where they serve other gods. She was taken from her own land and put in a different land where she didn't know anything about. She didn't act like any of them did. She was totally different from all of them. Yet, she kept her difference. She was in the world and not of it. We could say she was separated. And honestly, one of the first things that a Christian needs to be, if he wants to be, he or she wants to be an effective witness, you're going to have to be separated from this world. You can't be living in it and acting like them and doing the things that they want to do and expect to have any, any chance of being a witness. She had every right to, I mean, she was young. She could have been brainwashed to believe in that her God wasn't real. She could have used all the excuses, well, my God didn't keep me safe, or my God had done this to me and gotten bitter at the true God. She could have turned to, to Naaman's God, who I believe is named uh, Rimen. She could have went to all that and, and just forsaken everything and just gave up and said, you know, it's not worth it. But no, while she was in a world she did not really know anything about, she stayed right and stayed true to God. She was in the world, but not of it. But secondly, I see that she had a testimony. You, you say, how do you pick up that? There's no other way that Naaman would have listened to her if she had not acted right in front of them and served them well. But there was something different about her, something that had caught Naaman's eye, something that had caught his, her, his wife's eye. That tells me she had a testimony. She lived right. She lived different, and they knew there was something different about her, something that made her words important to them, something that they were looking for, trying to figure out what was different about her. If she had not had a testimony, if she had done the same things they did, or she had treated them wrongfully, or or, or hated them, or didn't want to serve them, Naaman would have never, ever listened. But this is important because a lot of Christians today, they try to play both sides. They have no testimony in the world's eyes because they do the same things they do. There's no difference. 
And yet they think they can go to, to the sinner or their coworker, whoever it is, and say, hey, man, you need to get Jesus Christ. I know somebody that will help you through all your problems. Huh? And they try to witness to them, and they, the sinner throws them out because they're no different. They have no testimony. They're no better than, than the sinner in that sinner's eyes. And no, we're not better. We're all just as guilty. We're all sinners. But a lot of times we have no testimony to be able to witness to them. I've had co-workers myself who have told me, or others have told me that they just absolutely hated Christianity. And Well, I knew God wanted me to witness to one in particular, and I went to him. There's been two that this has sort of happened with, but one in particular... I went to him, and we started talking, and he let me talk. He opened up a little bit to me, started telling me a little bit about what he believes, that he does believe there's a God. But what it came down to was that we began talking about the change that Christians ought to have, and that how some people claim to be it, but they have no difference. And he stopped me in the middle of the sentence and said, oh, I know a whole lot of people, and I hadn't been naming names or anything. And he he didn't name names, but he pointed out some people around that I work with, and he said, I know there's a whole lot of people here that say it, but they don't live like it. And that is what had him turned off to the gospel. You see, if she, this girl had not had her testimony, Naaman would have never received what she had to say about the Lord God Jehovah. And if we don't have a testimony in, in the sight of the world, we'll never, ever be able to point them to the true help that they need in Jesus Christ. What are you trying to help them from? Their sin, right? But when we're living in sin, when we're living just as wickedly, just as wrongfully, telling the same jokes, talking the same filthy language, acting the same as the world does, you'll never, ever convince a sinner that he needs what you got. This girl had a testimony. But I see that she had the right focus in a t- as well. In a time where she should have been focused, we would say she should have been focused on all her problems. Oh, I've been kidnapped. Oh, I've been taken away from my family. Oh, I wonder how my family's doing. Am I ever going to see him again? And just worry and worry and worry and then not worried about serving, but just, you know, kind of having a pity party. That's what we would say she ought to be having. That's what I would be doing if I had been kidnapped. I'd be looking for a way out. But no, her focus was not on that at all. I see that she saw, her focus was on God, I believe. You say, how do you, how do you know that? Because she sees Naaman, she sees his problem, she sees his need, and she says this in verse 3, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. This girl saw her God as able. It's kind of, her faith is very amazing to me. You see, the, from what I can recall, the only person that had ever been healed of leprosy up to this point was Miriam, Moses' sister. And while the law had provisions for those that were cleansed, we never see it happening. And there were lepers all the time in Israel that would get this disease and they would slowly die. And I'm sure this girl had seen it. She had never seen a leper be healed, but I'm sure she heard of Miriam. But I see that her God, even in the midst of her problem and her trial, she saw her God as able. Her focus was on Him. And in this, all these problems that she had, she saw all the problems that she had 
as an opportunity to tell Naaman or her mistress that she was serving of her Lord. You know, <laughs> this has so much application to our times now. Our country's going through a hard time in a sense. We're going through the coronavirus ordeal where, and I mean, it's, there's really some issues from it. A lot of people are getting sick. But you know, some of us as Christians, we ought to see some of these times as an opportunity because people maybe actually will begin to think of death and the possibilities and they have so much fear in their heart. And I know somebody and you as a Christian know someone that can take all that. God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. And I'm not worried about where I'm going to spend eternity. And I'm not worried about what's going to come tomorrow. Even if I were to get it, my God is in control and nothing can get to me that doesn't come through His hand that He doesn't allow. I see she saw her problems and all this and even Naaman's problem is an opportunity for her to share the Lord with him. I see she cared for him. She saw his need. And even though he was her captor, she cared for him. We ought to care for the sinners. And then I see she exalted her God. You know, a lot of people, they try to, we try, and we exalt preachers sometimes in a wrong way. We exalt the preacher, or we exalt the church. And and these things are good things and should be held in very high esteem. Please don't get me wrong. But when we're trying to reach a sinner, you're not going to get a hold of that sinner by exalting anything other than Christ alone. Christ is who ought to be preached. Christ is who ought to be exalted. And I believe really that is what she was doing. Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. It wasn't the prophet that she knew had the power. It was the God of Israel that she knew had the power. And she knew the prophet could get that to him. She knew the prophet had direct contact with the Lord and could heal. She had heard of the miracle. She had seen of it. You see, as Christians... We ought to be in the world. We are in the world, but we shouldn't be of it. We shouldn't be living like them. We ought to have a testimony that we can share the gospel with them. We ought to have the right focus. And we ought to be exalting God, especially in these times, because our country needs the Lord. We see Naaman's soul winner, and the only reason he got saved was because a little girl was willing to share the gospel. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email Back to the Book broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.